0: Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca/jsb. In a world of uncertainty, believers should strive to live confidently in Christ, not only as a witness in this life, but for the way it affects the next. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah offers a reminder that abiding in Christ here and now will have consequences for all eternity. From living with confidence in a chaotic world, here's David to conclude his message, Stay Consistent.
1: Well, friends, you know the consistency principle is one of the most important ones. Here's what John in 1 John 2.28 says. He says, Now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. In other words, live so consistently that no matter when Jesus comes, he finds you where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, staying ready for his coming. This is part two of the message we started on Friday, Stay Consistent. We'll get to the message in just a moment, but let me get to the book first. The book is a complete recording of everything I've said throughout the month of April. All the pages, all the footnotes, all the stories, everything that you would want to have if you're going to read a book that has content like this. And um, you can get this book for a gift of any size by just asking for it when you send your gift to Turning Point today. Simply say, send me the book on confidence, and it'll come your way. Now, we just have this day and four more, and this offer will be gone. So whatever you do, don't wait until the last moment, and then when you forget it, it's too late. We just have four days after today for you to order this book. I'm not telling you how much to give. You give what you think God wants you to do. Do your best. Be generous. And when you make your investment in us, we want to send you this book that will add value to your Christian life. You'll come back to this book often, especially during these days. And uh, it's beautifully designed. It's filled with truth. It's based upon the Word of God. And it's yours for the asking when you send a gift today. So let's finish up our discussion of what it means to stay consistent. How did Jesus walk on this earth every day in every way wherever he was whatever he did it was always submitted first to the will of the Father and Jesus did it you know why he did that because that's how we're supposed to live and he is our example in that regard notice chapter 6 of John and verse 38 for I have come down from heaven Jesus said not to do my own will But the will of him who sent me now, let me ask you something class Where do you find the will of God in your life? You find it in the book? Don't you you find it in the scripture the will of God isn't dispatched to you by some mysterious way from heaven You don't get it by osmosis putting your Bible under your pillow at night You have to study the book and when you study the book God reveals his will to you now here's the issue Are you willing to do it? That's the key. And Jesus always did the will of his Father. That's why God blessed him and used him on this earth as our Redeemer. He was the perfect Son of God, always in consistent compliance with the will of his Father. And then notice the last one, the last mark of consistency, and it's my favorite one. It's so good, I'm going to ask you to say it with me in a moment. Not only consistently Christ-like and consistently caring and consistently confident and consistently compliant, but here's my favorite one. Consistently consistent. How about that one? Let's say that out loud. Consistently consistent. How can we be consistently consistent? Notice what it says in verse 24 of the second chapter of First John. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning in what you heard from the beginning abides in you you will also abide in the son and in the father notice in that verse the word abide appears three times now i'm going to read it again and change the word to the word continue and then you will understand what we're talking about therefore said john let that continue in you which you heard from the beginning if what you heard from the beginning continues in you You also will continue in the Son and in the Father. Here's what John is saying. You heard the word at the beginning when you were saved. Is that word continuing in you today? Does it continue to hold court in your life? And if you continue to continue in what you learned from the beginning, the Bible says you abide in the Son. You continue in the Son and in the Father. Now let's face it. Most of us started out to serve the Lord started out to love the Lord And if we're honest some of us took little detours along the way. Can I get a witness? We've been there haven't we we didn't just continue all the way, but you see continuing is not Necessarily the absence of a little detour Continuing is after the detours over getting back on the road and going on That's what he's talking about If you study the history of how God has used people in his ministry You'll discover that most of the people were people who continued people who had this consistently consistent Characteristic in their life you've heard me speak of a woman quite often I've quoted her many times in my messages. Her name is Amy Carmichael Amy Carmichael is quite a woman. She lived a long time ago, but she is a really great picture of what it means to be consistently Consistent. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She was born into a very wealthy home. She had lots of advantages. When she was born, they lived in an Ireland seacoast village. Her family owned flour mills, and these flour mills produced great wealth for her family. She lived in kind of a mansion that had manicured lawns that were the playground of family the seven children in their family, and they all had ponies, and this was their playground. They had everything that you really would want growing up in that day. But although Amy's family was very prosperous and had lots of resources, they never spoiled their children. They always went out of their way to expose their family to those who had less than they did, get them involved in mission projects where they would rub shoulders with those who needed, and they were very generous with all that God had trusted to them. Well, as time went along, the successful wheat milling business expanded and Amy's family moved into Belfast. On one occasion, as Amy and her mother entered a fashionable tea house, she looked out and there was a small, beggarly dressed little girl with no shoes on, it was raining, and she was standing with her tiny nose pressed up against the window of the store. Looking with longing in her eyes at the display of cookies and sweets that were in the window Little Amy was touched by that. She went home and that afternoon She wrote these little words when I grow up and money have I know what I will do I'll build a great and lovely place for little girls like you Well time got difficult in the Carmichael family When she was just 17 years old her father died she was plunged into a somewhat caring role with the rest of her family She never grew bitter over what happened. She just continued to continue. She consistently grew in her faith. She turned her personal sorrow into energy and began an outreach in Belfast reached as many as 500 poor little girls in the city Ultimately in the plan of God for Amy Carmichael she was called to India as a missionary and she followed the Lord's leading there where she did build a great and lovely place in honor of the little girl that she had seen that first day she established what we know today as the Donover Fellowship to save children from human trafficking that was so prevalent that day Once she arrived in India, listen to me, she never, ever returned to Ireland again. She spent all of the rest of her days, 35 years in India. And she built a home for a thousand children who had been rescued from trafficking and prostitution and all of the ugly things that were going on in that nation. The last two decades of her life she spent as an invalid but she didn't let that get in her way despite her constant pain and her discomfort she only ever had one prayer request never that she would be healed or that she could get out of the situation she prayed only one prayer here it is ask for me one thing when people would ask her how can we pray for you she would say just ask one thing ask for selflessness Ask that the Lord would give me power to lift the edges of the burden if I can't lift the whole burden by myself. And she lived her whole life like that. She was consistently consistent. Now we may be in the middle of our journey and we've already kind of blown it in the past. We say, well, I can't be consistently consistent like she was, but you know what you can do? You can be consistently consistent starting where you are. Isn't that true? wherever we are, wherever God has touched us, we can say, Lord God, that's my hope and my prayer, that I can be consistent all the way, all the way through life. That's the goal. That's what we do. If you want to be confident in a chaotic world, develop a consistency in your life like the consistency of Amy Carmichael. Now, we've talked about the marks of Christianity, and I've got to hasten. Let me show you in this passage the motive for our consistency when he appears at his coming. John said that one of these days Jesus is going to come back and if you want to be confident in light of the fact that he's coming back, here's what you do. Just be consistent. Just be consistent. The second coming isn't going to be a process The second coming is going to be instantaneous. It's going to be sudden. One of these days, the Bible says, the heavens are gonna part and the Lord Jesus is gonna come back and all of the works that we have done will have a period at the end of them. It will be over as far as what we have been able to do on this earth. So how can you be confident as you think about that? Just be consistent. Charles Swindoll has a wonderful story in one of his books that I've always loved this little story. He worked in a factory when he was a student at seminary Every day, when the horn blew at 5 o'clock, everybody would hustle around and get their lunch pails and their clothes, and, you know, 15 minutes or so after 5, they'd leave. But there was a guy who worked in there who seemed uncannily able when the whistle blew at 5 o'clock. Within just a second or so, he had his lunch pail in his hand, his coat over his shoulder, and he was walking out the door. One day Swindoll said, how is it that you're able to do that every day? He said, well, here's my secret. Here's my secret. I stay ready to keep from getting ready. <laughs> That's how you do it, folks. You stay ready. Isn't that right? When Jesus comes back, you won't have time to get ready. So you got to stay ready. you got to stay consistent. you got to live your life in light of the fact his coming is near. His appearing is around the corner. So what do you do in light of that? Just stay ready. So you don't have to get ready because I promise you when the trumpet sounds you won't have time to get ready Some of you here today aren't Christians you say well I'll tell you what I'll do pastor. I'm gonna wait and see if the rapture really happens And then when it does after everybody leaves then I'll get saved (laughs) No, you won't the Bible says in second Thessalonians that if you have heard the truth and you've rejected it God will send you a strong delusion and you will believe it and you won't be saved You don't have a chance to Get ready when Jesus comes back. So maybe you better get ready now, right? And then when you get ready, you can just stay ready. (laughs) And when the Lord comes back, you're like the old man with the lunch pail. As soon as the whistle blows, you just walk out the door like it's part of your routine. I love that little phrase. I want you to say it with me. I'm going to stay ready to keep from getting ready. You ready? I'm going to stay ready to keep from getting ready. That's what it means to be consistent. The marks of consistency and the motive of it now notice lastly in this little verse the measure of it The measure of consistency is given to us In the last part of this verse where we read that we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming The Bible says that when Jesus comes that we're going to have one of two responses to that event We're either gonna be assured or we're gonna be ashamed. That's what he says. When you think about Jesus coming back, I can tell you right now that you either have one of those two approaches or maybe somewhere in between those on the continuum, either an assurance or a fear. And the Bible says, first of all, when he comes back, we're going to give an account of all the things that we have done. Let me just remind you of what happens as you go forward into the future. One of these days, the Lord is gonna return First Thessalonians chapter four gives us the details. When he comes back, what happens? Well, the Bible says, those who have died as Christians will be resurrected out of their graves. Those of us who may still be alive and remain on the earth will be caught up together with them. And the Bible says, then we'll meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And you say, okay, then what? Well, here on this earth, as we understand the scriptures, a tremendous period of tribulation breaks out. For seven years, this earth is decimated by wars and destruction. Why not when all the Christians on the earth are gone and the indwelling Holy Spirit is removed? So what happens to the Christians? Do we just go up and wait for it all? No, no, no. When you go to heaven, the Bible says the first event on your agenda when you get to heaven is what we call the judgment seat of Christ. You stand before Christ. You say, well, I thought if I was saved, I'd never be judged. This is not judgment for sin. Your sin was all judged at the cross. You'll never be judged for your sin again You won't this is not about whether you go to heaven. This is happening in heaven. You're already there You say well pastor, what is the judgment seat of Christ? Well, let me just give you a verse of scripture that will answer your question. It's 2 Corinthians 5 10 And this is what it says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, here's what this is all about. The Bema seat or the judgment seat is like the judge's seat at a race. It is a judgment as to who wins the race and whether or not they competed fairly. When we get to heaven someday, as Christians, we're going to come before the Lord Our salvation won't be in question. We'll already be in heaven, as I've already mentioned. But the Bible says God is going to judge the things we have done as followers of Christ, the things done in the body. We're going to be rewarded on the basis of our works for him. The Bible says there are five different crowns that are going to be presented at the judgment seat of Christ. These crowns won't be crowns we'll wear around eternity, uh, kind of being arrogant over others. No, the Bible says when we get these crowns, We will hold them for just a short time and then cast them at the feet of our Savior in an act of worship But when we stand before him someday our goal ought to be to hear him say Well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your Lord The Bible says you can come before him and be assured Or you can stand before him and be ashamed. You say what would that look like pastor? That would look like a Christian. Maybe you know one, maybe you are one. You accepted Christ. It was a genuine conversion, no question about it. Your sins were forgiven. You were given the gift of eternal life. But somewhere along the way, you got on not just a little detour, a detour that took you away from following Christ. Instead of honoring him with your life, you lived your life for yourself. It became very self-centered. There was no time left to serve Jesus because it all became about you. And all the years that God gave you on this earth to serve him, you just poured your energy into something else. And then one day you stand before him and he says, My child, I saved you from hell. I gave you heaven as a gift. And what did you do with the life I gave you? Oh, I don't want to stand there someday and be ashamed. That doesn't mean you can live perfectly, because no one can. If you have to be perfect to have a good report, none of us are going to make it. But what it does mean is that our hearts and our lives are dedicated to him, to serve him, to honor him, and to live for him. Not just to be Sunday go-to-meeting Christians, but to be people who live the Christian life every day, so that when we stand before him, we won't be ashamed. And I want that in my life. I hope that's your goal, too. I don't want to stand before him with my head hung down. You say, well, Pastor Jeremiah, I'm really worried now because it sounds to me like if that happens, I'm going to have a sad time in heaven. Here's what I discovered. It's only after the judgment seat of Christ that the Bible says God is going to wipe away all tears. After The judgment seat God will wipe away all tears. I think there will be some tears at the judgment seat But you won't live like that. I'm just telling you the truth. God will wipe them away I don't want any of that experience in my life I'd rather be assured it is coming than be ashamed it is coming wouldn't you so how do you do that? You say well pastor. How can I do that? Well, let's let me tell you Stay ready to keep from getting ready <laughs> Ask God to help you live every day with your eyes on the goal stay ready to keep from getting ready. And when you do that, you will discover little by little, God begins to build strength into your life. No matter which direction a Christian looks, he finds a reason to obey God. Did you know that? If you look back, you see Calvary, where Christ died for you. That makes you want to serve him. If you look within, you see the Holy Spirit And He makes you want to serve him if you look around you see Christian brothers whom he loves and you see a world That's lost and dying and needs your witness And if you look ahead you see the return of Christ the return of Christ is a great inspiration to live a godly life Since he is coming. I'm gonna stay ready to keep from getting ready You say pastor consistency. Hmm. I think I've got it. I understand it, but how do I develop it? How do I become consistent? Let me just use a football illustration to sort of get you started. I had two sons that played football. I've been around football all my life, and I've been to their camp, and I've watched how they do what they do. And how does a quarterback get consistent? Here's how he does it. They call it reps, R-E-P-S. It's short for repetition. It means that the Starting quarterback, when he goes to practice every day, he gets all the reps. He throws the ball in every drill. He'll throw every route that they want to run. He'll throw it over and over and over again. The name of the game, if you're looking for consistency, is reps. You have to do it over and over and over again. When I was a young man, I was a basketball player. I wanted to be a great shooter. How I learned how to be a great shooter? I went to the gym and spent hours in the gym. Somebody would go with me and throw the ball back, and I would shoot from every place on the court over and over and over again until it was part of my DNA. When I got into a game, I never even thought about it. I just shot it, and I'd done it so many times, the ball would go in. That's how you become consistent in the Christian life. You read the Bible every day. You pray every day. It's a matter of reps. You say, well, some days I don't feel like it. Some days you don't feel like doing it, but if you want to be consistent, it's about reps. It's about doing it over and over and over again until one day you get up you don't even have to think about doing it. It's just a part of who you are. Do you want to be consistently consistent? You need reps. Be the first string quarterback and get all the reps. And God will help you to become consistently consistent. And then you can have confidence in your life because you will have this sense. I don't have to get ready. I already am ready. You don't have to get ready because you've learned how to be consistent That's what it means to abide. It means to continue. It means to every day, day after day, growing in your faith. You say, can a person really do that? Let me tell you something. If you can do that for a silly little game like football, you can surely do it for the eternal result of your own soul in its relationship with God. Read the word. Pray. Do the things God tells you to do. Just do it over and over and over. And one day it will become part of you and you will sense this consistency growing in your life. Be consistently consistent. Amen. Well, I like to be consistent in telling you how much I appreciate you and uh, how much you mean to the Turning Point uh, staff and to our outreach. It's just amazing for us to see what God has done with the outreach of Turning Point during a season when most people would think you'd be going in reverse. We cannot stay up with what God is doing. It's just amazing. We have more people listening and watching than we have ever had in the history of our ministry. I just heard the other day that during the month of January, we... Uh, were contacted by 46,000 new people. In other words, 46,000 new names came into Turning Point from people who were watching and listening. I remember when that was like, it would take three years to do that much, and it happened in one month. People are hungry for the Word of God, friends, like never before. All of the things they've put their trust in are failing them. This is the chance we have to tell them about one who never fails, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His name is Jesus Christ, and he's the star of this show. I hope you know that. When you send your gift to help us do it, we do it. We we take Jesus wherever we go, and we teach the Word of God to everyone who will listen. So thank you ahead of time for your gift. Don't forget to ask for your copy of the book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, when you send your gift this month. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about staying committed to your faith, not falling away. I hope you'll join us then for the next edition of Turning Point right here on this good station. Hey, I'm David Jeremiah. Thank you for listening.
0: Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. Is Turning Point making a difference in your life? Share your story by writing to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098 Delta B.C. V4L 2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, and live with certainty in these uncertain times. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet, or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Dear
1: friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place, and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. The American journalist Franklin Jones once observed that honest criticism is hard to take, particularly from a relative, a friend, an acquaintance, or a stranger. Did you get his point? Honest criticism is hard to take from anybody. I've been there, and so have you. But did you know the Bible encourages that kind of honesty? The kind that has our best interest in mind. Proverbs 27.6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yes, wounds hurt when they are received. But like a surgeon's scalpel, if they make us better in the long run, then we are fortunate to receive them. And this is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's faithful friendship on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.